0: Part of the date of your birth. I mean, I guess the day of your birth. Yes, but I remembered your whole email and I was super impressed. Now, I could not gun to my head to tell you what your cell phone number is.
1: Oh, I, I can not remember
0: the area code.
1: I don't know what yours is either.
0: But, you know, maybe, by the way, maybe I should stop using such like violent imagery. Um that's no oh,
1: we've only just we've only just begun so oh that's this true this is only gonna this is only gonna get more
0: <laughs> i don't know
1: violent Do is the word but
0: well um, i said gun to my this head is only gonna I get
1: mean... a little well i mean i'm just saying that it's gonna get a little bit more um expressive
0: saucy perhaps? maybe saucy yeah. okay um so should we should we start yeah Okay. Well, hello there, listener. We're back. (laughs) We've snapped. We've um, hydrated. Goofed off. Goofed off a little bit. Gossiped. And now we're back for episode two. And we're so glad you're back with us. Um, We did not, in the last 15 minutes, um, change clothes or bathe or any of those things. In fact, Lauren, can I share my secret?
1: Yeah, it's share really the important to
0: me to share my secret. So, I do not typically bathe on Sundays. And I'll tell you why. Okay, before you get all judgmental about this. It's because when I was an elected official, you I had to be on all the time. And so Sundays are my day now where I can just be off and live in my own filth. That's why Lauren had to talk me off a ledge today before we even started about my hair, my terrible hair, my appearance, what I was going to wear, although I will say, yes, I did put on a full face of makeup because mm-hmm. I am just vain enough still to feel like I had to put on a full face. But apparently I, I put on a full face of somebody else's makeup. Cause okay. I don't know why I look this way. Like okay, I'm, I'm, for... I'm not trying to catfish people who see this video later. Like I am not this pale and I don't know what's going on. Like we tried, we tried fixing no. the lighting. No. Like I no. looked let's, at the makeup again.
1: Like I'm, I'm a biracial woman, okay? She's mad I that I look she's mad that I look tanner than she does and I am whiter than white. I'm not mad. I'm just
0: concerned <laughs> about not representing myself truthfully to the viewer oh, and or listener. Like I can't even look at my like I can see myself. I can't even look at myself. Like I just I don't even <sighs> I don't want to look over there because I don't know why I look so pale today. I'm going to chalk it up to the lighting, but obviously like I have some re-envisioning of my space to do before we do our next episode. I promise to anybody who is like ready to come for me about the way that this looks, the way that I look, the way that the environment looks, that it will be better for next time. But You know, you know, listener, we just really wanted to get these truths out there. And I'm not going to apologize for, for.
1: We have procrastinated for too long.
0: Yeah. Lauren did literally say, we're doing this today. This is happening. And I was like, I know what's happening. I did. Yeah, because if it were up to me, I would have been
1: like, "Mm, I didn't take a bath, so I can't do a podcast today. But we've been doing that for like five years.
0: Fair, fair. Like, so uh,
1: we're going to do it. We're not going to do it.
0: No, we're doing it.
1: We're doing it. And we're right in the
0: middle of the discussion that we had. We already talked for an hour, right? I know.
1: And where we ended off, right? I was starting to get into the conversation about why... Why? I'm choosing to exit. Yes, say more left. about that. Could um, you say more about that? Say more about that. <laughs> oh, I can say, I can say more. Okay, I'm ready. And more. So, I started to talk about at the end of last episode, right? Like the volunteer nature of city council, and I right. think that a lot of local municipal positions are like this mm-hmm. right and you know every town city whatever can be yeah, set up a little set yeah. up differently right you might have a different right. structure how many members are on your council mm-hmm. what the pay is what it isn't um you know some get paid you know fairly well but not Just not fine. enough to, to make a living or to you know keep a roof over your head right. food in your mouth um And I started to have to really think about what – this sounds so selfish. I had to start thinking about what I was getting out of this and what Mm -hmm. I was – how this was in many ways harming me as a person. Yeah. And also like – How was the collateral damage of me being harmed, harming my husband, harming Mm -hmm. my family, harming my friends, um, you know. And to talk about, you know, the physical and mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. you know, the – how difficult it is on – and so talking about – I left off kind of talking about – How city council never stops. There is no session. There is no recess. There is no pause. Mm -hmm. We are on basically every single day. And like, yes, do we try to carve out time where like we're going on vacation and, you know, whatever. The first time that I did not take (laughs) in two years of being on council, the first time that I did not take my city cell phone with me, or I guess- Scratch that. I took it with me. The first time I didn't turn it on while I was away was on my mm-hmm. honeymoon. In two years. Yeah. So, like, constantly having to check email. And and you know, our residents think that we I think they don't understand like a what the pay is, mm-hmm. what what the expectations are, right? Like they they expect us to be like working staff members. That have an office that we're working 8 to 5, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, that, like, we have staff to help us. Right, right. I, I, right. I don't have staff. I do this right. myself. Like, yeah. I'm checking my own email. I'm responding to all of the things back or, like, forwarding it to staff to help communicate or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the one <laughs> replying to phone messages or text messages that I get. Um And it is a constant every single day. Like, I have a hard time shutting off my brain from council to go to work every day. Right. To, like, to do my work that pays me to live a life with food and water and shelter. Right. (laughs) And I have to, like, really compartmentalize the work to be able to – the city work – to be able to show up – And do my job to the fullest capacity and extent that, like, my employer expects me to show up. Right. But I also think that, like, yes, residents think that, like, we're working and we're doing this full time for the city. But I can't tell you how many emails and calls and things that I get after hours on weekdays, Mm -hmm. on the weekends, right? Like. People expect you to show up and I'm not saying that your local government should not show up for you or listen to you or pay attention to you or like take your concerns and act on them in in the fastest way that they can possibly do that. I yeah. think that all of those things are true. But also we have to remember that humans are behind those emails, are behind right. those phone calls, are sitting up in front of you, you know, when you're you know, you're talking. Um, yeah. I am, I know the office feels like we put people on a pedestal, right? You have an mm-hmm. elected office. You have a title. You are somebody important. While that's true, I am an in, in an important position making important decisions. hmm I am also not this like, I'm not the office, I guess. Like It's like this right. it's demonized in a way of like, go- oh, government, right? It's like all lumped into yeah. the same thing. It's all kind of crazy. But like – so what I'm really, I guess, trying to say is like – and Marilyn and I have had this conversation. And I think this is kind of where it's going to end up leading today is that like I had to really take stock in what was my service doing for the community and also what was – that taking away from me as an individual. Yeah. And you I mean know, there's, my there's definitely a scale. For sure. Right? There's, and, there's this
0: balancing that you're doing all the time.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, the one of the biggest factors was that bless, bless him, my husband. Um, he and I met basically the day <laughs> that I decided that I was going to run for council,
0: which I love this story.
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, we talked about it in our vows. M- Marilyn married us. Um, we've been married five months and, you know, so he doesn't, he doesn't know me as anything other than, you know, basically council member, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like he knows yeah. he's Lord. He knows the backside of that. But like, yeah, I have always held this position. I've always been running to and from, I've always been, you know, like half, half present, in spaces because I'm right. thinking about oh what's coming on the next agenda what conversation I have to have or you know gearing up for things um but it really started to t- I think take a toll on him like okay he doesn't know anything else this is you know whatever but like I want him to know something else I right. want him yeah to have me fully yes. not thinking about oh what's yeah, what's my schedule look like today? What what do I have on tap for every single evening
0: mm-hmm.
1: this week? And to be able to just like not come home completely exhausted and then, you know, like, <laughs> like yesterday, wake up and just like have a total meltdown because I'm so exhausted and tired, right? Uh-huh. And he's like comforting me. Like, yeah, and I'm, you know, crying because of something that was – Super emotionally and physically draining that like we're doing and that like it has just been an inundation for the last two years Mm -hmm. of one thing after another positive in a lot of ways for our community, but also like deeply, deeply taxing and time consuming for the people that have to show up every single day to do these things. So like right. the pay was one thing. I knew what the pay was when I got here. And so like I was aware. Oh yeah. You're not making these decisions blindly,
0: you know, or it- <laughs> without, without thinking about them.
1: But And I, and I was suited in a sense to like understand more than most people mm-hmm. what I was getting myself into. I had friends that were in the legislature I knew people on council previously. Um, I understand and have been educated about the inner workings of government. I don't know that knowing all of the things that I knew, you never know. Right. And yet, yeah. I
0: mean, that's the and thing yet. is that it, it's not like there's no training program for being I mean, a policy of same, You know oh, what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely not. There's like, so much in, ooh, there's so much on the front end. And, and this is like, ooh, if we really want to get into like the spicy, spicy. Spicy. And I know. want to you know like, how I feel about this. And if you just want me to throw shade on like this whole system and structure of like yeah. propping up people into elected office. That's what I want. Like, That's what I want. We I do. think.
0: <laughs> I want you to do this. We, yes.
1: <laughs> we think so much about. Recruitment, in in some ways, because we can also go down the way that like we don't think about recruitment, but we're thinking right, like ideal idealistically, we are thinking about recruitment, and we're thinking about educating people on what it takes to run run for office. Mm -hmm. We are not setting people up for success once they get into office. No, once you. All all of the things that are out there for people are like, let me help you run. I will help you run your campaign. I'll help you learn how to speak in public. I will help you learn how to fundraise. I will um, help you knock doors. I will help you think about what your platform is going to look like and how you talk about issues. And, you know, I will help you with your media. I will help you with, (laughs) um, you know, your messaging, whatever. But nobody that I know of, really, I mean, like there are some organizations that are doing this, but it's like you have to really seek them out and think about what yeah. this means. But like nobody is thinking about, okay, once you get into office, what is the dynamic shift in being a candidate and then being an elected official? Because right. it's different. And, I, and I'm and i not just saying like on the policy side, because like there are organizations that are helping craft policy and to think about oh yeah what good policy looks like. I mean on the state right. level, on the local level, at yeah. the federal level. Yes. But nobody is helping me clean my house. <laughs> well, yeah. Nobody is helping well, me do my laundry or yeah. feed myself or make sure that I go exercise. Well, or and, and not only that like, like take like, care like of myself.
0: Personal care way, but in a professional way to say, oh okay, you have an assistant now. You know, like I had an ele- I, I had a legislative assistant that I shared with another member. I never had anybody work and directly report to me before that wasn't like an intern at the university, or you know I was always reporting to, to somebody else. So my first experience with that went very poorly because I didn't have the skill the skills to deal with the situation that I frankly put myself in with the person that I hired and went to bat for to hire and, you know, have a lot of feelings about it still, you know, about certain things I felt like I handled well, but other things I handled super poorly. And then what am I going to do when I have to hire another person, even though, I'm not really hiring them, you know, so th- so it's a weird dynamic. It's not as if, okay, so I say to people all the time, because I was starting a business and starting a campaign at the same time, which we covered in the last episode, right? I started this campaign consulting firm. And then a month later, I'm also running for office myself. So to me, I saw the parallels all the time of campaigning being like starting a small business. You know, you've got to figure out how you're gonna make money and employ people and what their wage is going to be and what, you know, kind of benefits, if any, they're going to have, which we both know that in political campaigning nobody gets benefits. But, you know, I I took it very seriously and wanted to make sure that whoever was working for me was paid a living wage. You know, so that that was negotiated between me and the person or people that I hired, like, w- what do you need to work for me? Um, rather than, well, Which you know, is not
1: happening at most places. No, no. But, like, you know, so I, it, was, it was my business.
0: You know, I, I'm right. starting this business and I think if I'm going to be a business owner or campaign owner who goes to bed each night feeling good about what I'm doing and the work that other people are doing for me, then these are the decisions that I'm going to make. But. Then when you get to the legislature and you have all of these decisions to make, you've now been elected. A, what I didn't realize is that every office is going to be different because there's nobody there to tell you how your office is supposed to be run, Not really, I mean, and and I will say this, like you said, I've now... Worked as a member in the Oklahoma legislature, and I've worked as an employee in the Nevada legislature, and Nevada does an amazing job with onboarding. I mean, the the legislative council bureau in Nevada onboards people for weeks. Like this is how you fill out this form. This is how you do this. I I was like, oh my God, it's actually happening, you know, but those things that they do are still not to your point. And so (laughs) you as an individual have to have to transition from working to get this job to doing it. So it's not about like the paperwork. And here's how you fill out the thing about your employee benefits. And here's how you know, like you set up your office. And and by the way, their legislative staff members, like every attache that works for a member, gets weeks of training. The Oklahoma legislature does not have, if they do, and I don't know about it, it's because it's partisan. Because Republicans have a training program that they that Democrats are not privy to. But yeah. as Democrats, we had people who had been there for a while. Who took it upon themselves to do the training if leadership at the time asked them to do that training? But there's no like, so this is it, and this is how an office should be run. And I think that's in part because, yeah,
1: nobody's going to tell you what to do. You're an elected official, you know. Well, so and, like, and honestly, you get to decide. Like, who? And I would say many elected officials, when they get elected, are not. They don't want to listen to anybody it's like either you know, like I'm the boss. Who, who goes like I did? You get on that? I'm sorry.
0: I mean the egos that come out just like immediately. Yeah. Of I mean, if I could flip my like, dirty hair right now, I would, but I can't. But you know, it would be like, <laughs> girl, I'm the elected official, and I will be making the decision about that. You know, and uh, what can you do? Because they can't fire you. Right, you've been elected. You literally can't get fired. You've been elected. But that doesn't mean that you don't need guidance and training and support and, um, you know, best practices and tools for success.
1: I mean, and so, you know what? I mean, I'm going to talk about this is a question, I guess, about the legislature, or I guess Mm -hmm. really a point about the legislature. But like, if you don't have a formal process, and you're mm-hmm. not being onboarded. Let me let me clue you into who is onboarding elected officials. <laughs> it's lobbyists. Yeah, because Which, they're the ones who know the process. I mean, like it's right. good, good, bad, ugly, whatever. But yeah. like they they're the ones who are in the building. They're the ones, especially in a legislature that has term limits, right? Twelve years, yes. turning over. The, I mean, like when you came in, right. it was um you had a huge freshman class. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where is the institutional knowledge held? All of it is it's held in the by people All that of it. are there day to day, and on the city yeah. side, it's not lobbyists; it's staff, mm-hmm. right? It's the people that are working for the city every day. So, like right. pros and cons. I mean, we had a you know an in um, formalized um, onboarding that the city does, right? So, like this through the city clerk, she helps set up. Um, meetings and kind of like trainings with each of the uh, department heads. So, you know, one day you're spending um, time with the public works director or with the utilities director or with our legal, um, our city attorney, with, you know, the clerk's office, with the city manager, with, Mm -hmm. you know, planning all of these things. Um, And it's like, it's like dunking your head into this thing that you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Now I've got to really get up to speed on all, all of these things. Not to mention that when I came on board, typically people have about, let's see, if you're elected in February, you're not sworn in until July.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a pretty long period. So people, when they're elected, they have you know those four or five months to do all of that before they're seated. Mm-hmm. No, I was appointed <laughs> I was um, officially appointed, sworn in, and voting in the same meeting in May, a month before the budget.
0: Yeah. I so, like, that. there's that. Yeah. Like, which so is very similar have, like, to the the legislative um, whirlwind of you've just been elected in November. You get a call or a text the next day from your caucus leadership that's like, "Good job." Welcome to the team. Um, go ahead and start thinking about what bills you want to write. And oh, uh, by the
1: way, they're due due in December. <laughs> yes, you even by the argue, way, like they're, before they're due. you're here.
0: Yes. Um. You, you don't have an assistant yet. You don't have any of the stuff, Um. And you don't know what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. But go ahead and start thinking about policy. And um. We'll get back to you. And then when we do, it's like, we need you here tomorrow. And um, we're just going to start. And, you know, you're just sort of thrown in without knowing. And, you know, I, I guess because of the legislative experience and because half of that was during COVID where it was just like, oh, we're all just like thrown in the deep end together on this, that I'm much more chill about that now. But at the time it was like, Oh, well I have a, what should I put in my planner though? Because see, I have a planning system, um, for the year (laughs) and I need to know, you you do, you know, (laughs) I did, um, you know, like I, I wanted there to be rules and structure and like that stuff to me keeps me sane, you know, knowing, where I'm going and when I'm supposed to be there and all of this stuff. And, and it just sort of ruined that in me. Um, but.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I I would say like, it's funny to hear Marilyn say that she likes order and structure and all of those things. Cause like, if she's saying that I'm like that to like the millionth degree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? You've already taken notes um,
0: today since we started talking, you know,
1: um, well, that was earlier, but yeah, well, I know, so, like, but you know, I'm just like, oh, what a inclination. And to so, not have all
0: those notes and lo- lo- like to go in, okay, this is the one thing that I remember about. Um, remember in the last episode I was talking about initially in 2011 or so, you say that sure. I went to the training, like how to run for office training um, that you facilitated. And I remember thinking before we were even friends, well, I know we're going to be friends because just look at this binder. <laughs> this bitch put together that binder. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it, we're friends. We are going to be friends if she oh. put this binder together, you know.
1: Like, oh, that's what I'm expecting. so funny. No, it's so funny because... It took me a long time, I think, of, of, of us even being friends to know the affinity that Marilyn has <laughs> for a binder. And and, and actually, I'm, this is so true, an itinerary.
0: Uh, oh, my God. So uh, that's okay. I just found my cousin's trip itinerary that I made. I remember this. For a two-day trip. To Dallas, to Texas, Dallas, which is three hours away, like a full-on binder of we're going to the mall, we're going, we're going to, form, going to the spa. we're going to the spot, and I was just like, "You're insane," you know. But I also was so glad I kept that.
1: No, you're that friend, and I love yeah. you for that because I love an itinerary. I love a plan. I really do I love a plan? I love a plan. What's the plan? So all that to say that. When you get there, right, you arrive, right? Like there's a plan for your campaign. There is a right. plan. Yeah. You you know what you're doing. You know what you have to do. You know what your win number is. Exactly. You know how many people have to turn out. Like you you have all of the stuff and then you get here, you're like, I've arrived. And now, <laughs> now what? What's the plan? And they're like, Ooh. um, <laughs> Yeah, that's an
0: interesting question. We actually, um, you know what, let me get back to you on that because there's no plan. And and the thing about it is that there could be, you know, there. it's not that there can't be a plan. It's that there isn't one. Because now having seen a different state, like I know that a plan can exist. And gosh, was I so thankful for like that plan of what am I doing here? And I'm onboarding, like I'm onboarding as a staff member. I don't know where I'm supposed to go and what to do. I mean, that was so helpful. But in the end, it's still like, yeah, but but how do I legislate? And what is my role in this going to be? Because one of the things I remember before getting elected that really um, salted my grits when I found out and, you know, I probably shouldn't even be many that I found this out so late in my life, but, you know, I didn't have uh, wonderful civic engagement guidance in college like the kind that you provide and have provided for so long. So I didn't learn this until much later in life. But when you're, uh, when you send somebody to the legislature, they're now your elected official. You think, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, she, um, She has experience in higher education because she worked at a university for 12 years. So that'll be great. Like if they, if they put her on higher education committee, you know, then, um, yeah. Oh, she'll be so insightful and like so helpful on that committee. Well, I don't, I don't get to choose what committee I'm assigned to. The speaker chooses what committee I'm assigned to. And I made suggestions. And I, I got what I asked, I, I, you know, I said to my caucus leader, I would like to be on these three committees. I got assigned to all those committees, but I wasn't in leadership on any of those committees because I wasn't in the right political party because people, and this is not me about to like name names or anything. So don't get really excited, but just in a general way, okay, you have somebody um, for instance, let's make, let's make it about education committee. Cause I didn't serve on that. Okay. So the chair and the co-chair of education committee, I don't know who they are now. I barely even remember who they were then, because again, I let my educator colleagues like handle it. Cause I trusted them to make those decisions and I wanted them on education committee. So the chair and co-chair of that committee may have never taught, may have not been in a school for the last 20 years like since they got out of school they may have never had any children in school they may not have an education degree they don't they, they don't know the name of all the schools in their district even it could be it could be anybody but if the speaker of the house wants that person to be the chair of that committee then they're the chair it's not necessarily based on experience or qualifications, or, hey, I'm a banker, so maybe I should be on finance committee. You know how I know? Because I was on finance committee, and I don't know shit all about finance. And I still don't, (laughs) okay? Let's be honest. I'm still confused by half of the meetings that I attended in that committee, which, uh, you know, for good or for ill, were often only like 12 minutes long. Um, not a lot of finance bills, but like it doesn't, it's, it's not as if you elect somebody and then they go and contribute their skills and talents and that they're utilized in the best way possible, um, for the benefit of their fellow citizens. It's, well, you have a D next to your name, so you're not going to be in leadership ever. Period. And even if you were, you know, you're go- the way to do it is not by saying, um, yes, actually, I have credentials as a, a financial accountant and I've been doing that for 23 years. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, did you do enough for? Your fellow Republicans, are you kissing the right asses? Are you, I mean, like literally it's so political. It's so very, very high school that it reminds me of when I voted for somebody for student council because she gave me a Snickers.
1: I mean, I (laughs) laugh. She seemed to be the
0: most qualified because she literally bought my vote with candy. And sometimes that's really what it feels like it comes down to in the legislature.
1: Yeah, and I. Where were we again? What were we talking about? I (laughs) I I just wanted a total break. It's fine. I feel like, yeah. And I was gonna kind of pivot towards you know the conversation about. I mean, we're we're talking about like why? Why? Yes, that that actually does feed into why. I mean, it does. It's part of part of the problem of right. Like once you get there, what do you do now? And who is guiding you? And like, do you have a plan? And like, yeah, we all have a plan. Of the things that we care about and you know what we ultimately want to accomplish in, yeah. in office. And we have, I mean, there are opportunities to to work on those things and to move stuff forward, but like there are so many moving parts of the political system that I think divert you from mm-hmm. the ultimate goal of creating policy that is meant to help right. everybody. Yeah. Right? Like there are so many things that keep you circling and spinning and like diverting off and like oh let me go to this fire and let me go to this fire and you know i would i would like to say that some of that is just <laughs> that it it's just the nature of the beast but a lot of it is also by design like right it is intended well, to keep you off ba- no it is intended to yeah. keep you off balance so that you yeah. feel like you're going crazy, like you do not have enough time, that you mm-hmm. don't have the information that you need sometimes to make yeah. ultimate decisions. Um, and this is like where I spin, but like i mean, one of the – if we're talking about what you do when you get there, I feel like one of the shining <laughs> lights of all of that for me was colleagues that helped me. Yeah. So I had a particular colleague who welcomed me as soon as I came on council. Um, She was like, Hey, I know what it's like to be appointed, Mm -hmm. to come in, not knowing. And I, and she just really allowed the door. She opened the door. She allowed me a seat at her literal table where we would discuss you know okay what's upcoming? she would help me work through the process she's like here's how things work call me if you have questions um and i feel like that is my only saving grace it's like how i felt like i was above water when i was drowning yeah <laughs> um and yeah. you know I, i'm still super close with this colleague and um maybe at some point we'll have her on on the podcast because oh, be I, I think it's just I think That's it's just so another, wonderful. yeah, because it's it's like another experience of why like she ultimately chose to exit too. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would say that her story is different than mine. We're in different stages of life. Um, you know, we came to it, you know, in different ways at different places. Um, sure. you know, in the course yeah. of our life, but um, we're we still talk. She still stays engaged. Um, but now I feel like it's has all. It has been my job. Not only do I care about educating um, and helping others, right? That's like the career that I chose. But I also now feel an obligation to pass that forward. Yeah. To the new council members that have come on. Yeah. Um, And particularly other women, right? And to support mm-hmm. other women in ways. Because I think this is another reason. And this is like, I won't steal Marilyn Sunder on this. Um, but like, it is particularly different the way that women have to show up in these spaces and i and i would say too that like you as a biracial woman like that is another layer to the intersectionality in the way that like you show up and are yeah. perceived and accepted and or not accepted in these spaces yeah. um, and we've talked a lot about like why that's a problem
0: a lot yeah <laughs> A lot. Well, and we've talked too about, which I'm sure, you know, we can, um, plan to do another episode about this because it's very, it's very different for me being a, uh, woman of color, a biracial woman who is half black and half white, but that, that fact surprises so many people. And so I'm not often treated the same way that my, um, other colleagues who, for instance, were like members of the Black Caucus were treated. Um, It's a totally different dynamic. And I realized that and was always very um, frank about that going in, that I realized that I have this sort of um, um, ambiguity. Yes, that I have the privilege of ambiguity. Yeah, with a lot of people. And sometimes that goes away when people find out what my racial background is. And sometimes it gets, uh, well, (laughs) most of the time it's good. Right. Um, I was going to say sometimes it gets weird, um, because it does, you know, like sometimes people tend to, I don't want to say fetishize, but, um, like, Oh, well, how wonderfully exotic. You know, oh, I've never, you know, it's sort of like, I'm a Pokemon now and they have to collect them. All. You know, it's kind of sort of like, oh, I don't have one of those in my collection, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but um, all of that to say that, yeah, I mean, it is, it it does make it different, like interacting in those spaces and figuring out ways in which to interact with other people and make it work. And you know, to your point about um, about, or t- to the idea that these experiences that we've had sort of lead up and segue towards uh, the ultimate reason um, why, at least I decided to not run again and not pursue public office anymore. I mean, never say never, but f- for now, um, is. Um, and I think we've talked about this, like you and I, Lauren, have talked about this, that um, one day I was driving like to the Capitol. So Norman and, and Oklahoma City are like 30 minutes apart. Long, It's not a long drive, but it's sort of bumper to bumper most of the time. And so I was driving and I was listening to a podcast because <laughs> we all know how podcasts can change lives, right? Um, so I was listening to a podcast, um, by Brene Brown, actually, um, who I slept on for a very, very long time, and you know, because to me, uh, to me, at first, it felt like a little like, eat, pray, love, or whatever. You know, like there was a huge Venn diagram overlap between people who recommended Brene to me and people who recommended Elizabeth. So anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: Um, and when she fell, she fell hard. <laughs>
0: do you know Brene you know it's like I'm part of a cult now um but anyway so I was listening to an episode um where she talked to a team of researchers a father and son and they were talking about the great resignation which was happening uh, you know probably before COVID but then definitely after COVID when so many people including myself kind of had that epiphany of like Okay, so if I'm gonna maybe die, <laughs> like, like I'm not dealing with this anymore, you know. And so this great resignation was happening. And they said, Well, we've done a lot of research, we've taken a lot of, you know, we've done a lot of assessment, we've interviewed thousands of people. Here's what we found. Um, are like the five main reasons behind why people are leaving their jobs. And they said, first of all, that it didn't matter what the sector was, like you could work at Home Goods. You could be the CEO of finance at Home Goods. You could work at, you know, uh, you could be a doctor. You could be a vet. Like it, it didn't matter what the sector they were working in, but what mattered were these five toxic traits. And so just as I love a binder, you know, I love a list. And so I was like, oh, top five toxic traits. Oh my God. It's like alliterative and everything. So I'm like super invested. And I actually pulled it up today. So, cause I always forget like all five of them. So I pulled it up on my phone. Okay. So they said, it's not inclusive. And I'm like, Oh yeah, don't get me started. You know, like check, a check, you know, I work with all of these members and it's like mostly so homogenous and, you know, then you walk into a room and, you know, I have all, whatever, like it's not inclusive enough. Like the representation is, you know, skewed heavily. So there's that. Um, And not just that, and actually not just with members. I want to make that distinction too. Like with members, with staff, with the demographics of like the entire building, just skewed. Okay.
1: It's disrespectful.
0: Well, yeah. But
1: read any of our emails and. <laughs> like, and you're getting it from all directions, right?
0: Like, you're getting it from constituents, you're getting it from the person you're sitting next to on the dais, you're getting it from, because I've seen that and I, oh man. Ugh. Let me tell you the number of times that I've been watching a city council meeting on my couch with popcorn because, I mean, city council. And um wanted to jump through okay. my screen listening to one of Lauren's co- – like, literally, like, you know, going to my room, putting on my blacks, taking all my jewelry off, getting ready to go and slash somebody's tires because I wish they would talk to her that way, kind of, like, feeling, right? <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah, and I'm sitting no, there, and I'm simple. I'm sitting there, right, on the YouTube stream, like – Poker face. Yes. Like no emotion. Disconnected from my body. I've been yeah. talking about that lately too. They're like, how do you keep such a straight face? And I was like, I literally disconnect from my body.
0: Yeah, I'm dead inside. That's how. Like I have, to, I
1: have to I have to like shut it off. It's like, you know how they talk about like vampires? Like they flip the switch. Like yeah. oh if I'm you know, you know, like the Twilight or like the vampire uh-huh. diaries or whatever, they're like, oh, if I'm I can flip the switch and like be unfeeling. Yeah. I I really, I was like, I don't understand that. Oh, I understand that after elected office.
0: That's public service. Okay. So we got inclusive, disrespectful, dishonest. Do you remember the debate that I had with a fellow member? I think this was in my first year. And I said and you know this this to me was like a lesson in debate tactics so i actually kind of appreciated that this happened and i wasn't upset about it i was just like oh wow so the member is presenting a bill on the floor i hadn't heard this before i have like maybe 5 minutes to figure this out but something feels like that like the the rhetoric around the bill the way that he's trying to say it to me just feels like I'm going to call BS on this because like, really, I don't think your numbers are right. So I just do this quick Google, you know, and I'm like, uh, okay. So, um, um, you know, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, so much for, um, for recognizing me, recognizing me. Um, yes. So, um, have you thought about, uh, or have you considered the data that I've, uh, recently located about, um, you know, th- this, whatever. Like, I found a study, um, and just to paraphrase, this study says um, that you're full of shit. <laughs> um, and he said, and I mean verbatim, he said, Thank you for that question. I believe that I have my facts and you have your facts, and I think I'll stick to my facts. Thank you. I was like, "Oh my God, we're just." I was like, "No, no, 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 no." Like, I heard that on TV once. Like, people don't actually say no, that. No, like, you like, got I looked up, that up the study. At, like, but then I realized, like, well, I'm sure he looked up a study to prove his, you know, whatever he wanted to believe too. And I was like, "Oh, it's game on now." Like, if I can't now, I understand. That, I can't use data, then I'm gonna just have to use like emotion. I have to have my wits about me anytime I debate anyone. And I mean, it really did change the way that I was debating, but I felt like it's so dishonest to stand in front of people. And just, I mean, it's not as if we took an oath that said like, I won't ever lie when presenting a bill, but like you're being intentionally dishonest and I can't stop you from doing it. And it drives me crazy. And there were so many times when I would debate on bills and just stand up and say, <sighs> Mr. Speaker, I just think it's disrespectful <laughs> that we're doing this right now. You know, like this is serious, and I feel like there's a lot of dishonesty and a lot of um massaging of the facts that has happened in this less than rigorous debate um that we've had over the last, I don't know, three minutes. Um and I know what's going to happen is that I'm going to be outvoted and and that's okay. But I, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that, like, don't you feel like we're better than this, Mr. Speaker? Like it always became this, like, this is so toxic. I mean, that's what I was trying to say without being able to just come out and say like, this place is so toxic. Like it's like middle school at best. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of, like, having to deal with this crap all the time? You know. So dishonest, disrespectful, unethical. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I, I, can, I really
0: want I don't, to. I don't know.
1: Oh, you mean you mean, like, getting sworn into another position and so you are dual office holding but refuse to vacate your seat? Oh. Un- unethical.
0: That's a good example. Um, I was going to say unethical, as in you ran a bill that would benefit a your company business. that you own or your spouse owns or your spouse's family owns not only did you vote for it because there is a there is a button actually that you can press at your desk that says i'm abstaining because i have a conflict of interest this bill is about accountants and i am an accountant so i don't think i'm going to vote on this one just to you know keep the keep the lines of separation clear that i wouldn't vote for something that benefited me as an accountant no 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 you didn't vote for it You You ran ran the bill. You ran the bill. And then you were found out, reported by someone. I mean, obviously it's a political hit job or whatever, but like you did the unethical thing. And then you don't resign. You just push back and say, oh no, oh no, I will die on this hill. Like when. Everybody knows you did something unethical. And listen, I am the first person, I have nightmares about this, if I'm being honest. Because I had a friend tell me once, you're like the most ethical person I know. And it scarred me beyond belief because I don't think of myself that way. And I'm sure that there is something that I have done in the past that somebody, possibly in the very near future, I don't know. But somebody might accuse me of being unethical. So I'm never, like never the first person to throw this stone. Except for when you throw it in my face first. With no guilt, with no remorse, with a doubling down of like, you know, as some people. How dare how? You? Remember how in that debate? I mean, I, this is a national thing, and I, I, I dare not even bring this up because we're creating a political podcast, and it would be nice if we didn't have to think about Donald Trump for like one fucking day. But it does remind me that there was a debate early on where he said in response to um, like a, a jab from. Hillary Clinton about not paying his taxes. He said, and so many people that have voted for Trump mentioned this to me that they really liked it about him. He said, I don't pay my taxes because you set up a tax code that benefits people like me. He was basically like, Don't hate the player, hate the game. You're the one that set up the game. I just play it. And I was like, point, set, and match on that one like i don't necessarily hate the player when it comes to uh, when it comes to things like this right but you have to own it so like if you're running a bill that benefits you personally and then you pass the bill and then you're personally successful as a result of the bill and people call you out on it that is what you say you don't say no i didn't do that Upstanding citizen. You say, yeah, well, if you don't want me to take advantage of the law, then change the law.
1: <laughs> I got yeah. elected. Well, I mean, I do
0: what I want. It like, you know, I, I played the game. Then I can be okay with it. But that's not what they say. They say, what? No, like the unethical thing to me is lying all the time. Like, even when it comes down to answering a question honestly, if the answer is, like in a debate once, before I got elected the first time, there was a question about um, workman's comp law. <laughs> and this person in the audience asked the question of my opponent who owned his own business. And he had an answer about workman's comp law. I said, I don't own a business in which, or I said, rather, I do own a business, but there are only two employees and me. We're not big enough to even take out the policy necessary to provide workman's comp. So I don't know anything about that. But what I can guarantee you is if you come to me as a constituent and you need, Answers, or you want a policy change regarding Workman's Cop, I will work tirelessly with you to connect you to the right person and to help you build a policy that will address the change that you're hoping to see. And the people <laughs> advising me afterwards were like, Why would you say that you don't know? Don't say you don't know. And I was like, I don't, but I don't. Know. What am I going to do? End up looking like that, you know, like um, a liar, a liar or or that Miss America uneducated, like, um, and the such as, and the, and also, no, like, I'm not going to go viral to lie. I'm just going to say, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: That's a really good question. Let's find out together. Like, why can't they do that? (sighs) Okay. There's one more, Lauren. There's one more. (laughs) <laughs> there's one more toxic trait okay there's one more it's cutthroat and abusive so that's kind of two in one politics so literally it's politics that's what you're saying like everybody when you're on a two-year cycle in a state yeah. house like everybody is always trying to get the job again and they might be trying to take you out too just because they don't like you or you didn't vote the way that they wanted or you have a speaker who will actually find candidates to vote against you if you didn't vote the way that he wanted you to which I never had to worry about because of course I wasn't going to vote the way he wanted me to um but you know like the point is in going through all of these traits and going through the epiphany that I had while I was listening to this on the way to the capitol is that by the time I got there I realized well this is not sustainable yeah because it's not. The players here, it's the game, and I can't end this game on my own from where I am. But what I can end is the mental and physical and emotional turmoil that I'm going through as a result of experiencing all of these things and feeling powerless to stop them. And I mean, I (laughs) was so hard to that day (laughs) because I was like. I know it's over. It's like, I was, it was like breaking up. It really was like, and it hurt, it like physically hurt my heart, which I know it's not my heart. It's my anxiety, but it like, it would hurt my heart when I knew I wasn't in it anymore and I couldn't be in it anymore, but I couldn't tell anybody about it. I mean, I just had such a heavy chest for like months.
1: Yeah, that's exactly for me too. It was months. I mean, I was on a slow march towards what my ultimate decision was going to be. And I was also – like, it's so weird to say this, but, like, grieving the existence of of doing this because, like, there is so – there are so many good moments and positive things. And, like, you know that you have done – so much for your community. Yeah. And and yet, all of that gets overshadowed in a lot of ways by like, I mean, those five things that you just yeah. ex- like explained and, and walked through. And, but I'm like, <laughs> and then like you do this mental calculation too, right? Like, if it's not me, who is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Who is the next person? Right. How, and then ultimately, like this, I think will be- a future episode two that we can talk about, but like, okay, I know that it's not going to be me anymore. But how do I recruit somebody knowing all of the things that I know? Yes, and how and how am I going to put yes. somebody else in harm's way? Right. To yeah. do this, to no show roles,
0: with no training, with no nothing.
1: Yeah. So like, it became this process of like, I know that I need to exit, and I I would like, I would like. To have somebody else that I know is going to, you know, whoop, just pop right in and is going to do a job and, you know, is going to be really good at it and is going to be supported, but ultimately having that realization too that like, how, how do I say, yeah, this is great and you're going to be awesome (laughs) and like do it and like knowing that I'll support them, right? Right like yeah they can talk to me i will explain the system i will do all the things but also like when you get there you have to choose how you're going to do those things yourself too and like what right. you will what you will allow what your boundaries are how you're going to operate like it it you know what it reminds became... me of
0: it reminds me of the ring
1: <laughs> the ring isn't the
0: premise of the ring where like you've seen this tape and you have seven days before and if you don't pass it on, like she's gonna come out of the TV and kill you. Well, so like I don't know. You, no. that sounds great. Okay, but you like, know what else it could be like? I don't know. Because I may be getting that scary movies. I know this is the last scary movie I saw. Like, legit, mm-hmm. it's such a story. But anyway, um, and I didn't see all of it, which is why I don't know if I'm getting that right. But let's think about it instead as a chain letter. Oh, if yeah. you don't send this chain letter on to 12 people in your email list, you are never going to get married or be happy or have a family. And um, also, you'll get warts all over your right butt cheek. So you need to send this to somebody else. Otherwise, all of these bad things are going to happen to you. Like That's what it reminds it. me of. Like break. I have no choice. It's a Sophie's <laughs> choice. It's like, do I get the swords, or do I give them to somebody else? Yeah. Break the cycle. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, is that you can't, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can. Hopefully. Okay. Like okay, that's our okay, that's okay. our ultimate, that's our ultimate pie in the sky hope, right? But like in that moment, like, I'm just trying to get out. I'm trying to get out, you know. And also, yeah. I don't necessarily know. I we should talk about that about like that recruitment process because I think you and I take that very seriously. I think other yeah. people are like, I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> and the only oh. reason I didn't do that is because I felt an obligation to my caucus and to the leaders of that caucus to um because we were so small but mighty to say to them like I'm not, I'm not leaving to blow things up and like leaving, uh, you know, I don't want to leave you in a lurch, but like I have to, I have to. And the crazy thing is that when you do start saying that to people, nine times out of 10, they're like, yeah, I'm surprised you lasted this
1: long. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, You're like, I, mean I, I, me? <laughs> I don't know about you. I was, I was so... I was so scared to, like, let the news out. Yes. Too. And so, honestly, like, when it was finally done, it was, like, an exhale that I yeah. had been like, that I had been holding this breath that yeah. I had been holding for, like, four or five months mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, am I, am I not? What am I going to do? What is the best path? How are people going to receive this? Yeah. Am I letting, am I letting people down? Am I not one hundred percent? What are their expectations? And I'm like, yeah. but once I said it, like I can't tell you too how many people said, "I'm sad that you've you've chosen not to run," mm-hmm. but I understand, right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, or or some people that will say they'll whisper to me like, "Good job, you made good good choice." Right. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Right. <laughs> like, I can't believe yeah. that you did this in the first place. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was. So. It was overwhelmingly positive, but also because I felt all that fear and guilt and, you know, it, it was like, well, everybody was rooting for you.
1: <laughs> like, I know. I was
0: rooting for you. I felt like I was standing in front of Tyra and she was like, I was rooting for you. And then you're like letting all these people down and you've been working on policy initiatives with certain groups and now they have to, you know, sort of reinvent the wheel and reinvent this relationship with somebody new, you know, it's, it's hard to find that balance. I mean, obviously, because um, Lauren, I think you'll recall that not only did I leave the legislature, I left the entire state of my birth (laughs) and fled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To an entirely different state that I've never lived in before. So, I mean, when I... Listen, when I break up, I break up, like, hard. But...
1: I mean, y'all, I mean, she didn't tell me that she was leaving for a year. And I cried in public in a Charleston's (laughs) over appetizers. So, like, you know... So, you know, it's not an easy decision. The fear was real.
0: Yeah. It's not an easy decision. It's not an easy thing to, like, tell people, especially because I felt like with you in particular, it was like, one could argue that you led me down this road and I led you, or we at least held hands and skipped down it
1: naively together. I think think maybe it started... Right, like one person initiated it, and then like you took the ultimate leap to be elected, and so I then was like, "Oh, I'm following in her footsteps in this way." Like it was like one of us would get out ahead of the other person, and yeah. then the other one would would catch up, and so like we're constantly, I think, pushing each other yeah. and driving driving these conversations forward. And I know, I know that there was probably, I mean, we were very. You told me a lot about like your time in the legislature, but like. You know, when I was thinking about running, I think you were also thinking about your exit. And so it was really interesting. That's a really interesting dynamic. And I think ultimately a path that people have to walk for themselves. Like people make their decisions to run for office or not. And I, you know, I'm not going to say that I'll ever discourage someone from doing it, but I will tell them what my experience was. I
0: have. I have. I have. Like, even while I was doing it, I did. But but in this context. I think I'm not in that place. Well, this is what I'll say. Is that, so there were so many times when I would get asked to do like a panel discussion. And inevitably, the question would come up of like, so what do you say to other, I think I even did this at New Leadership once, that when... You're ask when somebody is asking you, a young woman in particular is asking you, so like what do you say to other um, people to encourage them to run for office? And I say I don't I encourage them to be involved and use their skills wherever they can be utilized and appreciated the most. And that may well, mean okay, that you become that's a lobbyist. Same thing. That may mean that well, no, but I mean, I think to your earlier point, there's so much focus on running. There's so much focus on representation and that in a state like Oklahoma for a Democrat or a progressive person, that is not where the work gets done. Like that is not, that's not where the only movement comes from at the state level. Like there has to be pushing from the outside and there needs to be, and sometimes honestly, what drives me crazy is when I see people doing good work in like the advocacy lane who people then say, you should run for office. Those jobs are not the same. And they're if very, you're doing very a different. good job as an advocate. It doesn't necessarily mean, and this is not to begrudge anybody who's taken this path. What I mean to say is like, if you're killing it as an advocate, then keep killing it as an advocate. Like keep pushing from outside the building. Don't come in because inside the building is like a 1950s time warp. Nobody's going to listen to and appreciate what you're saying from the inside because you're, you're now saying to them, I get to sit at this table and be an equal to you. That's a totally different power dynamic that you're trying to establish as opposed to I'm on the outside pushing and I'm a voice for other people. And if you don't, you know, like that's what actually motivates legislators. It's not rigorous debate at the table. (laughs) It's people calling and um, sending them messages on social media and coming to their office and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until they take action. And sometimes that action needs to be like, I pushed and pushed and pushed and, I mean, do I have to run against you in order for you to get it? You know what I mean? But it's not its not as if replacing a policymaker with a public policy advocate is going to be that silver bullet that people think it is. It's the same thing that I see and hear from my friends who are teachers all the time. Great teachers are pulled away by admin. They should be in the classroom. If they're a good teacher, they need to be teaching. They don't need to be sitting in the admin building, right? You know, like with but yeah, you know, I mean, like it just goes doing all back to the administrative things- work. Like they need to be teaching.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a really good point, and probably like a good place for us to end this episode on. And is thinking like yeah, what is your lane, right? And how right. how do you know? where your skill set, where your experience, where your knowledge is going to best suit the movement or the policy or the thing and the issue that yeah, you care about the goal. Um and we need to start I think being more strategic about who is where and what spaces we are occupying um but yeah. hopefully we can talk about all of those things and more <laughs> um and more. as we get further into yeah into these discussions. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That was
0: so fun. I guess it's a yeah, it was fun. I think it was fun. I think it was very cathartic too. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that there will be a lot more catharsis too, as we're like, oh get a load of this that happened in twenty twenty one, you know, or whatever. But
1: I can't wait. <laughs> I know. I know I
0: can't either. Putting, putting all of those conversations to good use, finally, you and I, so.
1: Absolutely. Well, more to come, listener. So-
0: Thanks for sticking with us. And hopefully we will see you for
1: episode three. That's right. Bye. Take care now.